0: dw africa link hello and welcome to dw's africa link program with the latest stories from africa and the rest of the world i'm isaac mugabe
1: and i am josie mahachi a very warm welcome from me too we appreciate everyone following this show on our facebook page dw africa and also through all our partner stations across the continent remember that you can also find us on spotify
0: Coming up, Nigeria's workers union call off a strike against soaring commodity prices. on Nigerian who spoke. Did describe the situation?
2: I cannot eat three square meal. My children are dear. At times I will cook. The way they will be the ones to
3: eat.
4: I will not eat it.
3: No miracle can change things. Prices have gone up with each government.
1: Mm-hmm. Many Nigerians still blame President Bola Ahmed Tinubu's government for the current situation, but an economist who spoke to DW thinks otherwise.
5: I'm not sure it was Tinubu's policies. I, I think it was a situation of what had been existing prior to his coming into office.
0: Well, it's going to be an action packed show, so don't go away. But first, the world news in brief.
6: DW. News. Hey, my name is Buba Jalo. The staff of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, who died in prison earlier this month, say his funeral will be held in Moscow on Friday. Navalny's widow Yulia Navalnaya received a standing ovation after addressing the European Parliament in a session to honor her late husband. Navalnaya accused President Vladimir Putin of murdering her husband and also warned Europe against negotiating with him.
2: You cannot hurt Putin with another resolution or another set of sanctions. That is no different from the previous ones. You cannot defeat him by thinking he is a man of principle who has morals and rules. He is not like that. And Alexei realized that a long time ago. You uh, You are not dealing with a politician. But with a
6: bloody monster. The United Nations on Wednesday kicked off the withdrawal of MONUSCO peacekeeping forces from the Democratic Republic of Congo. In a ceremony at the Kamayula base close to the Rwandan and Burundian borders, the UN flag was replaced by that of the DRC. Tens of thousands of victims of Ugandan militia commander Dominic Ongwen should get a total of 52 million euros in compensation, according to the International Criminal Court judges on Wednesday. The judges said Ongwen did not have the resources to pay the compensation himself. Instead, they asked the tribunal's own trust fund for victims to help cover the cost. Ongwen was convicted to 25 years in prison in 2021 and he is currently serving his sentence in Norway. And you're listening to Africa Link News on DW, Germany's international public broadcaster. Tens of thousands of Mozambicans are fleeing their homes in the restive Cabo Delgado province amid a surge in deadly insurgent attacks since January. The attacks, despite a massive security clampdown, are continuing as French oil company Total Energies aims to restart a $20 billion liquefied natural gas terminal in Cabo Delgado in the coming months. A jury in New York has found two men guilty of the 20, 2002 murder of hip-hop pioneer Jason Mizell of the group Run DMC. One of the men convicted of, of was Mizell's childhood friend, the other his godson. Prosecutors say the two killed the Run DMC founder in a, death, in a dispute over a cocaine deal. And finally, a rather pleasant new scientist at the university in Berlin here in Germany have found exactly how a tiny fish can make a very big bang. The 1.2 centimetre fish from Southeast Asia has a unique ability to produce a noise as loud as gunshots. Listen to this.
1: This sound can damage your eardrums if you stand close to its unexpected source. One of the world's smallest fish, a 12-millimeter-long Danionella cerebrum. It can produce noise exceeding 140 decibels, as loud as a gunshot or an ambulance siren.
6: More on that uh, story coming up on Africa Link with uh, Isaac Mugabe and Josie Mahachi. Now, for more news, go to our website, DW.com, and our Facebook page, DW Africa. My name is Boba
0: You are still listening to DW's Africa in program coming to life from our studios here in Bonn, Germany. Once again, I'm Isaac
1: Mugabe. And I'm Josie Mahachi. Many thanks for those of you who've already tuned in via our Facebook page, DW Africa, and everyone listening to us through all our partner stations across the continent. Tell us what you think about the topics that we are covering. Remember to always share this audio with family and friends.
0: Yes, indeed. Let's start this story with Nigeria. Is it a country dealing with a crisis? Well, workers have suspended their two-day nationwide protests against economic hardship. The main workers' union, the Nigeria Labor Congress, says it has given the government a 14-day ultimatum to meet their demands.
1: The demands include the reversal of economic policies that have impacted negatively on the people, an improvement in the welfare of the citizens, job creation, subsidies for farmers, and an increase in wages. While the protests have been suspended, hardship remains across the country. DW's correspondent Sam Olukoya reports from Lagos.
4: Scenes like this were recorded across the country yesterday as Nigerians took to the streets to protest economic hardship. One does not need to go far in Nigeria to hear stories of hardship. From people like Esther
2: Martins. I cannot eat three square meal. My children are there. At times I will cook, they will be the ones to eat, I will not eat it. I will have to eat the leftover. I will be sick, I cannot go, I cannot go to the hospital and get drugs. My children will be sick, I will be scared of the, the prize. Even the little food that we have in the house will still be scared of thieves coming around to steal it. Why? Because everybody is hungry.
4: The removal of petroleum subsidies and the devaluation of the local currency, the Naira, has created the unprecedented hardship Nigerians are going through. But authorities have continued to assure Nigerians that things will get better soon. The Ked Plank Chairman's Senate Committee on Employment and Productivity is one of the top government officials who have assured Nigerians that the hardship is being addressed. We are sensitive, our leadership are restless, to ensure that um, we mitigate the issue of hunger, the issue of unemployment, and the issue of insecurity. But all of us must be on the same page. It's my duty, it's your duty, we must all agree, and work towards making sure that Nigerians are safe, Nigerians are not hungry, and Nigerians are secure. But many Nigerians, like Abiodun Lawala, are not optimistic.
3: No miracle can change things. Prices have gone up with each government. When President Jonathan was in power in 2010, a bag of rice was about 6,000 naira. By 2011, the price had gone up to 11,000. Before Buhari left office last year, the price was 32,000 naira. Now, after the current government removed petroleum subsidy, the price has gone up to 80,000 naira. There is no relief. Prices have always gone up substantially before any government leaves
4: office. Nigerians are used to dealing with hard situations, but this time, things are different. The prices of many goods and services have gone well beyond the means of many. It is so bad in some instances that the income of some people cannot cover their transport fare to work. Hunger is taking hold of some families as they cannot afford to buy food. It seems things have reached a breaking point and it remains to be seen if protests by workers will bring about any tangible changes.
1: Thanks, Emko Olukoya, for that report. Now, since assuming office in Africa's most populous country last year, President Bola Tinubu has enacted policies that include doing away with fuel subsidies and unifying the country's multiple exchange rates, leading to a devaluation of the Naira against the dollar.
0: Well, Josie, you've said it all about the complaints that people are making in Nigeria about the current situation, and that's why before we came on air, I spoke to Tunji Andrews and- economist in Nigeria. He starts off by describing the economic situation in the country.
5: To be honest with you, it's very difficult. Uh, We experience multiple uh, challenges. Uh, There is the challenge of high inflation, and there's also the secondary uh, issue of uh, devaluation of the currency. Uh, This time last year uh, on the open market you could find uh, the exchange rate between the naira and the dollar for around maybe 500 550 to the dollar now it is about uh, 1600 700 depending on who you're asking you're finding that a lot of people are you know uh, having a lot of challenges as concerns standard of living being able to purchase you know the very basic things that just make their lives uh, function so yes it's very difficult
0: well, I was in Nigeria last year at the time of the elections when actually there was no currency in the country, and surprisingly to me, as an outsider, the black market offered better exchange prices than the central bank or the banks i mean
4: that's strange mm. isn't it
5: It is strange, it is strange, and it continues to be that way uh, and it's a problem of liquidity uh Nigeria as a country uh generally only ends uh, foreign exchange, which is the u s dollar uh, from its crude oil sales, so it so so the challenge is uh, when you have a situation whereby the country is a net um, importer in terms of consumables, and once people are trying to access uh, dollars to be able to buy the everyday things from smartphones to cereal, and as it. Is the black market is what is dictating um, what the uh, rate of uh, getting dollars is in the country, and which is which shouldn't be, but unfortunately, it turns out to be the scenario.
0: So, which brings me to the question: What went wrong with Tinubu's policies?
5: I'm not sure it was Tinubu's policies. I, I think it was a situation of you know what had been existing prior to his coming into office. There had been the challenge of uh, liquidity prior to the economy itself had continued to experience some fragility. I'm very unsure if they floated in there or not because, I mean, a lot of people are confused about what this true scenario of that is. But I do feel, and it's, it is my genuine thought, that it is not really a tenable issue per se, but maybe the fact that uh, his policies might have been well uh, differently thought out or differently implemented uh, for a better result.
0: Well, let me get this clear. Did the removal of the fuel subsidy kickstart the economic downturn?
5: It did not. It did not kickstart it. It made it work. The downturn had been prior to his coming into office. The removal just made it harder. It increased inflation, which was which is natural, uh, specifically food inflation. Um, it just made it harder for most people to be able to to live.
0: I was speaking to Tunji Andrews. He's an economist based in Nigeria, and Josie, you are telling me a few things yeah before we came back live on the microphone about Tinubu. Implementing the removal of subsidies, subsidies on his immediately, first day, on and his, yeah. I think is exactly what the economist has been saying.
1: Absolutely, I felt like, uh, well, if I were to be a president, mm-hmm. like you might be, uh-huh. I wouldn't say it on my first day before I even enter the office to see what's in the coffers. What mm. problems should I should I expect? You know, check first if there are any cushions. To mm. cushion around this whole subsidy issue, but he said it in his speech on the first day. Anyway, mm. we have comments on that story. How much patience are Nigerians willing to have for the current government policies? Jimmy Kamau says when inflation is high, people have no choice but to protest, demanding relief measures such as better wages.
0: Well, uh, Emmanuel Akampurira you're saying Nigeria has been the gent of Africa for a long time, but now it's an ant <laughs> of Africa
1: okay wow. d level says they choose to vote for an older man over a young vibrant or be let them suffer the consequences
0: well when joshua has some kind of words for the people in nigeria he says my prayers are for nigerians mm-hmm. may god heal your hand now another story in nigeria it's about a mandatory annual levy on companies employing foreign workers in brief uh the the, the the levy is to carry companies to hire more Nigerians and is expected to generate additional revenue. Well, state your comments. At the tune, GTG are saying this is a welcome development. We Nigeria's pay a lot of money on work and residential permit in Equas countries.
1: Mm-hmm. And Okubu uh, Kingsley said they should introduce working permits as we are paying here in abroad too. For you to work or do business in Nigeria as a foreigner, they need to get working or business permit.
0: Well, to remind us, listening, the levies range from $10,000 US to $15,000 US per expatriate work, meaning that if I break it down for you, if myself was to be employed somewhere in Nigeria, I have to pay 10000 or 15,000 for a work permit. I don't know whether my employer would be ready to do that. Thanks for the comments. Keep them flowing on our Facebook page, DW Africa.
1: You are listening to DW's Africa Link program. We broadcast every Monday to Friday here from our studios in Bonn, Germany. My name is Josie Mahachi.
0: And I'm Isaac Mugabe. Join us on our show on our Facebook page DW Africa and share your thoughts on the stories we are covering. And of course it gives us so much pleasure to acknowledge your presence there. Let me start by you Dandy Owenu who's just joining us right now. Curtis Dale, Edwards, you're saying we should uh, follow European policies. I mean we're difficult for that. Mohammed uh, Hashi, Curtis Dell Edwards, mention your name. And Ajadu Sheb, you're saying, I love you, DWO, we love you too. Back John Mm -hmm. Sabah, you're saying, corruption is a big fish in Africa. And uh, Philemon Oswald, many thanks. Not forgetting our uh, usual listener. And follower, David Inchamba.
1: Thank you so much for acknowledging them, Isaac. Now still to come on the program, some desperate Kenyans have resorted to reusing condoms up to around three times due to a serious shortage. It indeed should not be allowed to go on because the integrity of the condom is going to be affected. So the second, third use of this condom because of uh, lack of, of it will expose this population to danger.
0: Well, desperate times bring for desperate measures. You had that. It will come later later. And we'll also bring you an update on showbiz and sports. Why not? But again, we kick off this part of the show in Burundi. Following the latest rebel attack in Buringa, that is Western Burundi, near the border with Democratic Republic of Congo, Burundian citizens say dialogue is needed between their government and the Redi Tabara rebel group.
1: Now, this comes after the rebel group Isaac claimed responsibility in the attack that took nine lives and injured five others. Some others on their part say that the rebel group should rather be fought mercilessly because it is not strong. From Bujumbura, Burundi, our correspondent Apolline Nirora sent this report.
3: During Sunday night's attack claimed by Redi Tabara, Nine persons, including a soldier, were killed, while five others were injured. Two vehicles and a motorbike were burnt, and an office of the ruling party was destroyed, says Burundian government spokesman Jerome Nyonzima. On
6: 25 February, around 9.30 p.m., the Red Tabara Terrorist Armed Group attacked a household in morning at Buringa in Gihanga District in the province of Bubanza. Nine persons, including six women and one soldier who intervened, died in the attack. In contrast, the
3: Red rebel group said on the X platform that its fighters had targeted two military posts, killing six soldiers, destroyed the CNDFTD party office, and seized firearms and ammunition. The incident comes after the same group attacked Gatumba on the border with the DRC on the 22nd of December 2024. Twenty people, including a policeman, were killed, according to the Burundian government. Residents in the commercial capital Bujumbura told DW the Burundian government should hold talks with Red Tabara to help citizens live peacefully.
7: Rojitabara is kind of an armed group which uh, actually is hit and run, hit and run. And uh, in most cases, uh, they are targeting uh, civilians and the soft targets. Probably their attacks have been calculated and probably it has been one of the major challenges for the government to support and uh, even arrest the perpetrators. The attacks are not justifiable because uh, the innocent civilians are losing their lives.
4: We as ordinary citizens are saddened by those attacks because innocent civilians are losing their lives without reasons we urge an end to that any rebel group with firearms is strong i think that the government should seek ways of protecting the population and the rebel groups should fight against the soldiers and avoid killing civilians the government has to protect population and should engage in talks with those rebels
2: if they carry out attacks using guns, this means that they have prepared themselves for the fight. We are told that they have killed soldiers in the population, and on top of that, using firearms. This proves that the rebel group is strong. The group is made up of Burundians, and in Burundi, dialogue has a long time been privileged. It's good to sit together and talk to preserve the life of the population. Hey. For me,
1: Red Tabara is not a strong rebel group because if it was strong, people would have fled their villages and the government would have done something. But it has done nothing about that.
3: What do you think should be done to restore peace and security among the population?
1: The government should stand up and fight mercilessly the group that pretends to be strong while it isn't. Red Tabara emerged in
3: 2015 following the controversial third-term bid of the late President Pien Kurunziza. Its fighters are said to be based in the DRC's South Kivu province, bordering Burundi. The Burundian government accuses Rwanda of hosting and training the Red Tabara rebels, which the Rwandan government has dismissed.
1: Thanks Apolline Niyora for that report. Now straight to Facebook, we ask the question, what needs to be done? Amenga Rudolph says America should stop its hypocrisy and double standards and call President Kagame to order we know Rwanda is part of the US-Africa security architecture. They should stop training and backrolling the Rwandan military.
0: And uh, Adetunji TJ, who's commenting on our stories, we really appreciate you. Adetunji, you're saying they should learn from peaceful coexistence between Nigeria and her neighbours. United stand divided with fall. A strong message there.
1: Bubaka mm. Jabi says dialogue is the solution and Le Nuri Fonba says, after DRC, now Burundi. Looking at the tiny landlocked Rwanda with no mineral resources and hearing these accusations can only show us how DRC has failed as a country.
0: And the Aban Michael is saying, "Dial Saint Bruni should bring concrete evidence, not he has said. The conflict is about ethnic groups who live across borders. The only way to stop this conflict is through diplomacy and dialogue. And one last one from Musa Mansere: you say one day the truth will come out. We Thank really appreciate.
1: you so much for those comments. Now to Kenya, where there is a very concerning story about a critical health issue in the country, where even the most intimate in health matters are feeling the weight of taxation. Kenya is facing a critical shortage of condoms, a situation further complicated by high taxes on these essential products.
0: Mm -hmm. This has raised serious concerns about public health, as many Kenyans are unable to afford safe sex options. To delve into this topic further, we turn to our correspondent, Andrew Wasike, who has been investigating the situation on the ground.
7: From widespread complaints in the aisles of pharmacies to humorous memes circulating on social media, the struggle to have safe sex on a budget has become a shared joke among Kenyan youth. But behind the laughter lies a serious concern as prices rise. Accessibility and usage of condoms decline, leaving many to ponder what's next. The shortage of condoms in Kenya coupled with high taxes has become a significant challenge, particularly for young people. I had the opportunity to speak with Zelani Florence Mudeu, a married 29-year-old university student, about her experiences with the shortage and its implications for her community.
2: Okay, recently, there's a shortage of condoms. And it is very risky because it can lead to sexually transmitted diseases. Like for us as a couple, we've decided we'll be checking on um, whether we are safe or not because we use condom as a method of family planning. For instance, it's now very expensive because you can get one. As high as 400 Kenya shillings for which normal people like me and you Cannot afford to buy.
7: In a worrying development, some desperate Kenyans have resorted to reusing condoms up to around three times, a trend that health expert Jane Rose Ambuchi says risks spreading sexually transmitted infections and unwanted pregnancies. It indeed should not be allowed
1: to go on because the integrity of the condom is going to be affected. So the second, third use of this condom because of a lack of of it will expose this population to danger. So it's supposed to be used only once. Using it twice by washing it is also endangering these ladies and endangering the men they're having sex with. Many Kenyans
7: that I spoke to, especially young people, say that it is getting harder to find affordable condoms. And even when they do, they are much more expensive than before. The shortage has been attributed to high taxes, creating a perfect storm for a public health crisis. Advocacy groups are urging the government to take immediate action as more youth are contracting STIs. Ruth Masha is the chief executive officer at the National Syndemic Diseases Control Council, NSDCC, formerly recognized as the National AIDS Control Council in Kenya. She warns about the alarming statistics showing declining condom usage among youth.
2: For the young people who are having sex for fun, we are saying that please have it safe. And that is why today we are saying safe sex. And safe is
7: Six. Dr. Simon Kinyanjui, the country director for the AIDS Healthcare Foundation, AHF in Kenya, also warned that taxation is a significant barrier to access to condoms. He emphasized that high taxes inflate the prices of condoms, making them unaffordable for many individuals, especially those from low income backgrounds.
4: I want to reiterate again. It's a major barrier. These ones also need to be tax-free. But the condoms for like 30% of the population, they need to be free for distribution. Diseases of public health importance are more of a population approach more than an individual. So when you address, you put interventions that protect the society.
7: Kenyan Jui, quoting the health ministry, notes that with the national need of approximately 400 million condoms annually, the Kenyan government's current distribution of only 150 million leaves a significant gap.
1: Thank you so much, Andrew Asike, for that update on the shortage of condoms in Kenya. Now, moving ahead, we move to Africa Link Showbiz, a segment where we update you on the happenings in the entertainment industry and sports.
0: And that's why there is Aram Atipo prepared this story for us.
2: South Africa, the police have arrested seven suspects over the murder of one of the country's hottest rap artists, Kianan Forbes, known as A.K.E., and his close friend, celebrity chef and entrepreneur, Tebelo Tibbs Moshwani. The 35-year-old musician was gunned down a year ago while walking in the company of Tibbs outside a popular Durban restaurant hours before he was to perform at a nearby club. The suspects who are behind bars include gunmen who fired several rounds at the victims, porters who followed AK from Durban's airport, someone who sourced the firearms which were used in the ambush, as well as the mastermind. AK was celebrated internationally with several nominations for awards from Black Entertainment Television, BET, and MTV Europe. Africa Link. Now to sports. A lot seems to have been happening in Zimbabwe football corners, despite the country struggling to get approvals by FIFA. Former Kaiser Chiefs talisman Kamar Biliat is trending after his photos in Yada FC's kit, mid-rounds of social media. Yada FC, which is owned by popular self-styled controversial prophets, Walter Maguire signed Kamabiliat after he was struggling to find a new home in the DSTV Premier League. Billiard became the highest paid Castle Larger Premier League star with his move to Yadda FC. The star earns a base salary of about €4,500 reports have it that he was given about €18,200 as a signing on fee. However, his salary is less than what Kaiser Chiefs proposed. He undoubtedly pulled a shocker when he dumped Soweto Giants Kaiser Chiefs in the 11th hour. Also, former Mama Melody Sundowns and Orlando Pirates star Kudakwashi Mahachi also returned home after a dramatic stint in West Africa. Mahachi sealed his move to Manika Diamond over the weekend, joining Kamabiliat in the Castle Larger Premier League. And with female football news... African rivals Nigeria and South Africa will clash to decide Africa's representative at the Olympics slated for Paris later this year. The two nations will resume their intense footballing rivalry in April after meeting at the recent AFCON 2023. Now their women's team Super Falcons and Banyana Banyana will square off again with an Olympic Games place at stake. Meanwhile, Ghana is currently playing with Zambia in the second leg of the Olympic Games' third round qualifier, trying to overturn a 1-0 deficit.
1: Thanks, Ariam Atipo, for that report. Now, on that very note, we really want to appreciate everybody who's tuned in to the show today, and everybody who made this show a possibility. My name is Josie Mahachi. Until tomorrow, take care.
0: And uh, I'm Isaac Mgabi, also saying the same on behalf of our producers, Jen Nginge and uh, Manfred Toshka. Many thanks also to those of the team. Until tomorrow, same time, same place. Bye for now.
7: W. Made for Minds.